Welcome to Behavioral Grooves, the podcast that explores our human condition. I'm Kurt Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. We talk with researchers and other interesting people to unlock the mysteries of human behavior using a behavioral science lens. And we do that to help you find your groove. It's time to wrap up 2023 with highlights from some of our favorite conversations. And although we're going to highlight just a few of our favorite conversations, we need to say that we had many great conversations with many great guests. Yeah. So a very hearty thank you to everyone that we talked to this past year. We recorded conversations with old friends and we made new ones along the way. We are so grateful for each of you that you've shared your time and talents with Kurt and me. And of course, our growers as well. In the 50-ish episodes released in 2023, we've published fresh conversations with 44 bright, insightful, and thought-provoking individuals. We've covered a broad array of topics through a behavioral science lens and hope they've helped you gain a better understanding of how to apply behavioral science to your own work and to your own personal life as well. And we hope that all of our conversations lead you to a clearer, more meaningful perspective on the human condition. And it happens, especially in a way that will help you find your groove. We learned a lot this year, literally learn new ideas that have helped us reimagine and reconsider our lives. A couple of things I came away with include the idea that flexible mindsets leads to greater happiness, that uncertainty can be your friend, and that the heart of it, intrinsic motivation, is the key to almost all behavior. Yeah. For me, I updated my priors with the importance of getting to know our future selves and that even though there are cheaters and grifters all around us, we can still live a happy and productive life by sticking to a simple model. Which we'll talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> Where should we start, Tim? All right. Well, uh, why don't you go first, Kurt? <laughs> oh, fine. So I think the first episode I'm going to bring up is our episode with Yale Stromberg, uh, episode 356 back in March. It's called You Work, You Parent, But Can You Also Thrive? And this one, Tim, was one that you, I think, were sick. I don't know what happened. You were just bored. You didn't want to show up that day. But Mary and I did this one. And, and it hit me because I thought it was really interesting because this is one of those aspects that I think many if not all parents face this idea of, am I a good parent? And if I'm, how can I be a good parent and still be a good worker, employee, leader, boss? Because it feels like we're just being pulled in so many different ways. So I want to start with just um, hearing what Yale had to say about how parenting isn't always about feeling good, that even in the best of situations, parenting is hard. We live inside of bodies that are not meant to always feel good. And when it comes to working parenthood, or more generally speaking, most adult lives where we inhabit multiple demanding roles that we care about, we are fundamentally going to be pulled in different directions. And so looking to outside in solutions to solve what is a fundamentally human experience is going to leave us feeling like failures because no matter how good our setup is, and you know, I had the chance to interview people with really difficult situations for this book and really, you know, privileged situations. And in every case, nobody said to me, 
this is super easy now that I have, <laughs> now that I have extended leave, now that, you know, I really have a supportive partner. Like I got this in the bag. It's super easy. That wasn't how I felt. And that, that isn't how most people feel. Okay, Tim. So hearing that, talking about how parenting is hard, you know, what do you think? I mean, what, what did you get from, from some of this episode beyond this idea that parenting is hard? Yeah. So I love that she addresses something that is so familiar to me, and you and I have talked about this as parents, that so many times uh, parenting can leave us feeling like failures. Yeah. Right. No no matter how good the setup is. And and my, my ther- therapist always used to say, look, there are really only two kinds of parents, good parents and bad parents. Uh, you know, like, do you do you kiss your kids goodnight, at, you know, uh, before you tuck them into bed? You're a good parent. So so enough with, <laughs> you know, thinking you're not a good parent, like not not showing up at every single soccer game. Yeah. Is OK. You know, you could still be a good parent. I, I think for me, it was this idea because I find myself doing this is I know parents who do that. I I know friends of ours, you know, that are always there for everything yeah and what this and, and there was a part of me that you know I, I knew at some level that wasn't who I was nor was it necessarily who I wanted to be and I didn't think that it was always a good thing for that child I mean we've had some other conversations about helicopter and snowplow parenting and different things uh, over the years yeah. on the on the show and so just having Yale talk about that and this idea that, you know what, it's okay and you don't have to feel guilt about it, I think was the really big thing for me, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I love that as well. And, and, and the stories that we tell ourselves about that are really important. That was the other piece is because we tell the stories of, well, those are the really good parents. And no, that's not necessarily the case. We are really good parents. We are really, we're showing kids, we're showing our kids how the real world works and the ability that, hey, there are trade-offs. You have to make trade-offs and you don't always get what you want. And, you know, we find ourselves in circumstances that are beyond our control sometimes and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, which, which... Uh, this was not central to the conversation that you and Mary had to her, but it talked about mindsets, right? And that this shift in mindset or or this idea of focusing on a growth mindset is really critical. Let's let's actually listen to what Yael had to say about that. Somebody with a fixed mindset, they they think I'm good at math or I'm bad at math. And that kind of sets them up to um, believe that whatever feedback they get of the scores is confirming. And also, if they don't do well, that there's no point in trying because they don't have the capacities. Whereas a growth mindset, what we believe is where we start is not necessarily where we finish. And that based on effort, interest, and resources, we can get to a different place. And what we find is that folks with a growth mindset are able to learn more effectively over time. Fascinating. Again, it wasn't the main push of the episode. But man, it it fits with so many others that we've talked about. Again, one of the reasons I really like this is that not only was this uh, kind of a different perspective taking that I took after having this uh, interview, 
but there were some practical pieces in it. It's this idea of, all right, we need to shift our, our, our mindset. We need to tell ourselves different stories. We don't have to feel the guilt that comes along with not staying up with the Joneses or the whoever's because right, every, right. you know, not only are they there, but their grandparents are at every single match. And, you know, they are the ones who bring all the food and everything else and, you know, handle the fundraising and do all the other things for the kids' sports. And we don't all have that uh, time, ability, nor, nor kind of inclination. And that's okay. I, I agreed. I think it was a really impactful conversation. And I'm, I'm really glad that you guys were able to, to have that and, and share that. All right. So what's next? So our next conversation was in February of 2023 with Susanna and Nathan Furr. And the episode was episode 345, The Tools You Need to Embrace Uncertainty. And I, what stands out for me is that this was the third time Nathan and Susanna and you and I had gotten on the call to record just one episode. The first two were completely screwed up by uh, by technology and bad internet and recording issues and um and it's maybe it's just the mere exposure effect that like I just I just have such a fondness but I'm going to say they really left us with some really cool ideas they did it was amazing when we think about all of the insights that we got and yet to this point we heard this three times but man each time it was really good and I think uh the reason I like this is there is lots of really powerful things about uncertainty. This idea that, you know, uncertainty, we always have this bad rap about. And they're saying, you know what? Embrace an uncertainty and it can change how we view it. Yeah. And it's not that challenges and uncertainty can't be difficult, but I think Nathan and Susanna actually spoke directly to that. Uncertainty is hard and it has a downside and we are wired to fear it and it's challenging. And so in that sense, it's false because uncertainty brings all those things. But on the other hand, it's it's true that it's gotten a bad rap because really our fundamental belief is that you cannot get to possibility without some uncertainty. And so gotten a bad rap because it's not getting credit for the possibility side of that equation. Yeah. And I, I think that the, the, the core part of this is, is that this idea that this fundamental belief that we can't, you know, get anywhere without some uncertainty, that that's just, that's just wrong. Yeah. Like, let's just, let's just embrace it and say, we don't know exactly what the future is going to hold. We don't know you know, the, I always say the future is unscripted. Yeah. And and it is. So let's actually use that, you know, um, you know, in a positive way. It's kind of like this podcast. It's an unscripted kind of crazy where you and I have no idea what what we're going to say. And we have to no respond. Idea. And it scares no. the hell out of me when I hear you talking because it's God. What what? How am I going to match that? How am I going to, uh, you know, he's so, he's so bright. Oh my God. Well, and, and so much of, of what uh, Nathan and Susanna had to say comes back to something that you mentioned with the IL. It's about framing. Yeah. Right. How we frame things on how we respond and how we think about things is really influential into how we feel. 
this this absolutely has a, a, a positive uh, and important impact on how we feel and how we live our lives. So if you want to find your groove, embrace uncertainty. I think that that's, that's at least part of it. Right. And one of the ways they talked about that framing is to deal with uncertainty is to own it. And let's let's hear that. There's what we call planned uncertainty, which is when you choose it. Like, let's say you're going to go start a new venture, a new project, a new, just anything new. You chose to go on that trip. But then there's unplanned uncertainty. And that's one of the hardest ones to see the possibility in. So this idea of planned uncertainty, Tim, I thought was really fascinating, which is one of the things that I took out and actually have used not only for my own kind of, you know, life. Um, but I've, I've talked about that with clients and it really hits, it kind of is one of those things that I think people can wrap their arms around and really understand, oh yeah, if we actually can look at this in a different perspective and take this, that is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I, I thought it was just fantastic. Okay, Kurt, what episode is next? The next episode that I think I want to bring up is uh, Jonah Berger. And it was the second time that he's been on the show. Uh, this one was episode 350 back from April of 2023. How one small word can transform our motivation, success, and relationships. And we had the uh, pleasure of being able to talk with Jonah about his his new book at that, that time called Magic Words, really emphasizing the power of language and Framing again, Tim. We keep coming back to this framing topic in these these episodes, right? On influencing behavior, um, and so he had a lot of really great insights and really good research, which was one of the things that I liked talking to him about because he not only just had this point of view, but there was really powerful research behind it. And again, this is one thing that I've I've used again and again with some of my clients not just myself. And one thing that Jonah brought up that I thought was really important was this idea that concrete language isn't just about making our arguments more persuasive, which it is. It, they they do. And if you listen to the episode, you fully understand that. But that you know, concrete language actually improves the positive perception of the discussion. Concrete language shows listening and as a result uh, makes people more more satisfied and, and happy with interaction. So, Tim, I, I really like this idea that concrete language isn't just because you want people to be more persuaded by what you're saying and that it has longer lasting memory uh, in, in people's memories, that redundancy there, but the idea that People actually like those conversations more and they're more satisfied and happy as a result of it. God, I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm just going to actually just give a kind of a micro shout out to uh, Todd Rogers in episode 282. Yeah. Because uh, because this so it, it so nicely connects to the idea of how we frame things, how we talk to each other, the concrete words that we use improve our ability the listener's ability to understand that that and this is and without really saying it i think to some degree jonah is kind of saying 
let's let's actually make our arguments, let's make our comments, let's have our conversations with the listener in mind, with the person that we're talking to. Keep them in mind. Yeah, and yeah. and I think you're really good bringing in that connection because the idea of using concrete language, when to use concrete language and when yes, to use yeah. abstract language, because one of the nice things about this episode and about Jonah's book is he talks about it's not always good to use concrete language, right? There are times when you should be using abstract language right. because you're trying to do certain things. You're going to have to listen to the episode to understand that. But um, I, I did want to bring up this other idea that Jonah brought about, about how language uh, can lead to identity. And in particular for me, this concept was really interesting. By turning actions into identities, we can make people more likely to take those, those actions, right? Rather than ask people to lead, ask them to be a, a leader, for example, right? That's a desirable trait. I want to show myself and others that I hold that trait. Uh, I'm more likely to take the action. I just want to say I loved this part of the of our conversation as well. It reinforced some, you know, it's a little bit of confirmation bias. You, you and I have heard this before. Um, but this idea of um, asking someone to vote versus being a voter or asking someone to help versus being a helper, that it's uh, it's just a lovely image. And I really I really like how it feels you now. Um, you know, right. I, it, and I can't I just can't express more how much I it's made me rethink the way that I, I speak to my colleagues and uh, speak to other people about being a helper versus just wanting to help. And interestingly, I've used this not only with others, but with myself. So when yeah. I try to do that self-talk, uh, when I'm thinking about who I am, I think about this as not I lead, but I'm a leader. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't happen all the time, but I try to do it more than not. And and I think that has had an impact. I think it has had this nice little, you know, result in that I think of myself more as a leader and doing those leader type things within my organization, within, uh, you know, lots of different aspects of my life. And so it's not only something that you can use in that persuasiveness of getting others to do other things, but it's a persuasiveness that you can use on yourself. And that is one of the reasons that I thought this was a really good episode. So what's next? Let's talk about Hal Hirschfield's episode. It was uh, called What uh, Want to Make Tomorrow Better? Get to Know Your Future Self Today. And that was episode 369 back in August of uh, 2023. And this was a really fun conversation, I think, for, for both of us, Kurt, um, because we got introduced to this idea of getting to know our future selves. Like, this is not on anybody's radar. Like, oh, what's my future self like today? No, I mean, we don't have that question so common. And I think that it's also important that we're bringing it up right now so we can kind of tee it up as a as an idea for the for next year. Well, it's perfect, right? This is being launched at the beginning of of 2024. So, yeah, yeah. like if you're listening to this when it first comes out, this is a great concept. And what I took, Tim, 
is not only that we don't do it, but how hard it is to do yeah. well. We we have too many biases that Hal brings up and he talks about that our future self is so different than who we are. And then the impact that that has on our today's behavior. And, and that we have this big, big, monstrous blind spot of, no, 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 the future is exactly what I think it's, it's going to be largely the way it is today, but it's not. And Dan Gilbert, you know, studied this years ago. We've known this, but I don't think we've done a really good job of bringing it into our own lives. And Hal's work help, really helps me think that there is just more than one me. <laughs> right? There's an arc of me's across my lifespan. Well, and Hal teed up a really great explanation of the way our lives actually change and that we regularly fail to take into consideration that change not only happens in our past, but will happen again in our future. One of the big things there is the, the recognition that our preferences do change. But, mm -hmm. you know, one of the issues that arises is when we forget that things will change and we make these plans and then somehow are surprised yeah. <laughs> that yeah. that things have changed. Basically, yeah. I can plan, but I also have to recognize that things change as the years tick by, as the decades go on, and then update those plans yeah. and move with them. Yeah, that's that's perfect, isn't it? <laughs> it's a, it's a, I mean, he just he just really kind of uh, cleans up with with the idea that okay, uh, if we if we look back and we see all the things that we've done and how we've changed and how we've grown, then why wouldn't we keep that same trajectory going? Why? What keeps us from thinking that we're no? I am who I am going to be for the rest of my life right now, today. I know that old me has changed, but I am the embodiment of the perfect Kurt. So why would I need to look out at the future? Is this the blind spot that's keeping us from knowing who I am? That whole know thyself thing that we've we've talked about in the past? Oh, that's a really good point, Mr. Who I am. We might have to explore that. Because yeah. there's more than one me in me. Oh, we're starting to go down that philosophical route that you love. There you go. I do. I do. I, 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 do. I, I think we picked this one, um, at least, you know, from my perspective, because I think it can have such a powerful influence on our behavior. If we start doing this regularly, if we start being more purposeful about thinking about our future selves and understanding there are many me's and me. Yeah. Okay. Kurt, take us home. What's uh, what's the last uh, episode that we want to talk about uh, that was so fun in 2023? I'd love to be able to f see if I can scam you a little bit here, Tim. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to bring up episode 365, where we got to talk to two of our heroes, Dan Simon and Chris Chabri. Uh, it was in July of 2023, and it was titled The Psychology of Scams, Why We Fall for Fraud and How to Protect Yourself. All right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's our heroes because we've been fans of their work. Um, and listeners, if you have not seen the Monkey Business video, check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes. It is 
how many times have you used that term? How many? How hundreds. many times? Yeah, hundreds, hundreds. Of times, right. I, I've 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 had this the that CD. I bought it from from Dan. You know, more than twenty years ago, and and uh, <laughs> I know yeah, it, it's and, fantastic. And and even to today, I always go. Well, everybody's going to know it. They did a redo of it where. Well, we won't tell people, but go out, go out and, and, and look at it. But we, we weren't talking to them about uh, that. We weren't talking to them about, you know, the hidden gorilla and different pieces like that. Um, but we got to talk to them about the psychology of scams. Yeah. And this was really, really important for like for both of us, I think, in the world that we're living in today. It's complicated and complex and there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation and these guys uh, in, in the book and then in our conversation as well address this question, who do we trust? Yeah, I love, I love that question and I love the way that it was, it was discussed and, and granted it, it wasn't definitive. It can't be, you know, this idea of, yep, I know exactly who to trust and when to trust them, but they give you some really good insights and, yeah. and, and I really think that it's important. Uh, one of the things they talked about, Tim, was uh, the importance of admitting when we're wrong. And, yeah. and yeah. the idea that if somebody does admit when they're wrong, should we trust them more? Yeah. And, and it's okay to trust, right? Chris and Dan reminded us that it's, it's, in fact, it's more than just okay to trust each other. We need to trust others. It's in our DNA. Scams wouldn't work if we were always skeptical of everybody all the time, and we couldn't function if we were always skeptical of everybody all the time. So they only work because, of course, most of the time people are honest. Most of the time people are not trying to fool us or steal from us. You know, it, it's most people are good. So, you know, if you if you kind of take the message that you should always be skeptical, that's absolutely the wrong message. The, the vast majority of the time, it just doesn't matter that much. Isn't that... It's crazy when you think about it, right? But it's 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 wired into us that yeah. we trust, and and that's how come scammers and frauds get away with things. But if we took away that trust, it we we would be worse off. And so I think this is really important, and this is what they were talking about, and this idea that yeah, we'll get taken every once in a while. We'll believe that. Uh, you know, that social media post that somebody posted that is, you know, misinformation or whatever it is going to happen. But on the whole, it's better to trust than not. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that makes it one of the most important conversations that, that we had this, this year. Yeah. All right. So Tim, I think we're at the point where we Obviously, lots of other really great episodes, but we're grateful, super, super grateful uh, to have another year of doing something we love with the people who bring fresh and enlightening ideas into our world. Yeah, yeah. This this last year has just been great. But I got to tell you, 2024, we're heading into some super cool and super deep waters. I've been pretty excited about 2024. Yeah, so in the coming year... We'll be releasing a series of podcasts on polarization. You know, the way that politics has been galvanized by extremists and has cut deep canyons into our American landscape. 
uh, we were invited to attend a conference at MIT on polarization uh, where we got to interview a number of great researchers on the topic and get some really great insights and some potential solutions. And we're going to do that in a three-part, I think it's going to be a three-part series coming actually not that far off into, into the new year. Yeah, I, I'm super looking forward to that. We are also super excited to sort of pre-announce, I don't know what you call it, I, just, I mean, we're announcing, that we're going to be publishing a five-part series on the history of behavioral economics, and it's called They Thought We Were Ridiculous. And it's uh, it's being created in partnership with Annie Luttrell uh, at the Opinion Science Podcast, and we're super excited about yeah, that. Yeah, and note, if you are not a subscriber of Opinion Science, we recommend that you Go out there and and check it out, stat, because it is fantastic. Yeah. So this series on behavioral economics will be super cool in many ways, uh, not the least of which is that we're the first to publish a series on the history of behavioral economics. So it's been this monumental project for the three of us, and we're just really excited to be getting done with it. And we'll it'll it should be coming out in the first quarter of 2024. Yeah, we are really excited. This has been three years of work with Andy, um, doing interviews with Nobel laureates um, and people who were there at the beginning. Yeah. It is yeah. going to be freaking fantastic. And monumental. Monumental. <laughs> and it's going to be coming out soon. So stay tuned. Uh, as as we're going forward there. And that's just the beginning. There are many new books coming out from many of our favorite authors in 2024. And we'll be talking with them, sharing insights with you. It's it's going to be good, right? There's always new research that's being done. And it's, it, there's research being done right now that we'll be sharing as it gets published. So there's there's a lot ahead in 2024. Right. And, and, and with that, I just want to say, you know, we have a new producer, Caroline Schaefer, who is yeah. going to help us take this in maybe new directions and, and add some fun little things uh, throughout the year. So we are we are looking forward to a very dynamic and uh, changing not only world, but behavioral groups. And so stay tuned because uh, as the world changes, so will we. And we'll be updating our priors, as they say, with world-class ideas that will help you in your work and in your personal life. So with that, we hope you drink the last drips of 23 with enjoyment and that you look forward to 2024 being a banner year for you and everything in your life. So we hope that our podcast continues to help you find your groove. <laughs>